everybody. Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff. We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on. No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> welcome to Two Non-Doctors. Hi, welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Neely. I'm Maria Shahada. <laughs> I do love that you use the screen as a mirror for like the first 10 minutes of every episode. I find it so annoying. I'm like, why? when am I going to stop doing that? Um, but here we are. <laughs> I'm never ready, I think, because I'm in the middle of my day. So, and I've like, this is hours of drying, right? Like I shower after yoga. And yeah. It's been at least three hours and it's still wet. I hate that. Oh, I, as I just started air drying again, and it's the same thing where I cannot seem to calculate it where I'm like, okay, I'll give myself two hours. It should be dry. And I'm leaving the house for a show. And it looks like I just got out of the shower. And you're just like, what are you doing? Like, what is like, do I have to sit in front of a fan? Like, why are we doing? I know blow dryers exist, but people don't get it. Like you can't, you just curly hair and blow dryers just don't get along. And they've, they've developed things for it, but it's just, it doesn't work. I won't go. I won't look good for another like four or five hours. And then I'll be ready to go out. I have never looked the way I want to on our podcast ever. Yeah. yeah. Even when I've done my makeup, I'm like, what? I need HD. What is this? Like, that's what I'm realizing, by the way, that my, like, you have like a a camera on your thing and I'm just using a computer from like 1994. So, because I've done some, um, what do you call it? I've, I've done some stuff on my phone, which is way more advanced. Like it's a newer phone. It's like a year old. And I'm like, oh, when I do video on my phone, I look good, but like my computer camera is from the forties. I'm just going to get even more exaggerated yeah. every time. I yeah. And, and in this particular, cause I got a new laptop, but this particular model is really bad with the camera. So I had to then get another camera. Electronics pissed me off more than anything, like just an unreal amount of rage. My printer has stopped connecting to my computer or my phone and I don't know what's going on with it. And I just, I, can't it's like that office space you know he took it takes it i've never understood anybody so so much <laughs> like, so i was having issues with my boiler uh, a couple of months ago and you know the first person i talk to is my dad if i have medical problems i go to my parents and if i have house stuff i go to like my dad so like anything that was ever with my apartment over the last 20 years my dad was a super in the 70s he knows how to do everything and i'm pretty handy myself so my boiler is like messed up and I call my dad and he goes it's probably the who's a what's it like you know what I mean he's like you can do it yourself so I go to sleep I wake up he sends me a YouTube video of how to change it and it is 17 steps it's twisting wires stripping stuff connecting stuff to stuff climbing a ladder talking to a wizard it's a lot and he's like you can do it yourself I laughed so hard I didn't even finish the YouTube video because after the fourth step I was like this man's insane I've had to do two steps on a computer and almost thrown my computer out the window and he wants me to do 16 steps on something that could blow up my apartment go fuck yourself I was like I will just pay a man like you're insane but like that's what I've noticed is like technology is like there are real consequences. We know we've deleted really important stuff, but the amount of times that I was like, I just, I want to hire a person that no matter what time of day, they can just be like, what do you need? Not even a personal assistant, just a computer phone person. And I know they're just like, why don't you just learn? But it's like (laughs) some stuff you don't want to learn. Like I don't, this, I don't want to learn this. I do this twice a year. I don't want to learn it. I just want it to work. And if it doesn't work, I want somebody to come out of the shadows, go do 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 and fix it. Yeah. We're not too non-mechanics. There's only so much <laughs> we can pretend to know. <laughs> like, don't you, don't you feel like that in adulthood? There's some things that are like, this is worth learning. I have learned a lot of small skills and large skills because it's like, this is going to come up again. I don't want to need anybody, but there's some stuff like I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to, you know what I mean? I'm not going to learn about boilers. Like I'm not doing this. I know. I, know, I hear you. I hear you. I'm reading a book called 4,000 weeks. I think uh, I heard Lori Kilmartin talking about it on her podcast. And it's like about, you know how like everything's like all like, that's how many weeks you generally live. 
4,000 weeks and like oh, there's always so much time in the world and like everybody's got productivity planners and I've only, I'm only like two pages in by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't make time to read it. It's crazy. Yeah, I can't, I don't have the time, but like he's just saying like the more you cross off your list, the more you find like more stuff will just come in, you of know? Course. And like, that's what I found over lockdown. It was like, no matter how often I do the dishes, there's still dishes. There's more dishes. It's just, it's just nonstop. And then, so if I, yeah. if I find things to cross off my list, there's more things to cross off my list. And, and so I think the overall idea of this book is to eliminate a bunch of stuff and just focus on what you really want to get done. Um, yeah. which was like, I think, um, who's the, who's a really rich guy, Bill Gates or somebody, or like Warren Buffett was like, like write down the 10 things that you want to do in your life and cross off seven of them. Yeah. And I think that that's what this book is basically saying. It's just like, just eliminate those things that like learning how to fix a boiler maybe. But, but the, but the truth of the matter is, is I do like, I've reached a level of financial security that my philosophy is I'll just pay a guy. Now keep in mind, I'm still pretty frugal and I do a lot of stuff myself, but I'm also now in a position where I'm like, this will ruin my day working on it, learning it, kicking it. It will ruin my day. I could just pay a man $300 and I don't have to think about it. I don't like, and it's like, you start to realize truly, I mean, we all know the value of money, but you start to realize the value of just, is this worth how upset I'm going to be? Like I, I made, um, a vanity. Um, so my bathroom had this tiny little sink and I made a vanity that had drawers. Very excited about it. Got it from Wayfair. It's, you know, is it the best thing? Probably not. You know, while I understand pictures are worth a thousand words, I could have used some words. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm staring at this picture and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like I'm screaming at a piece of paper being like, I don't understand. I don't know what they're trying to tell me. And I just skipped the step. I was like, we'll deal with this later. Then it's like, cause it's a drawer. So it's brackets, but they didn't line up. They never lined up ever. Not even when I finished it, I had to redrill my own holes, which again, makes me feel like that's a skill I learned. And I'm, I'm glad I, glad I know how to use a power drill and whatever. But I mean, I built the whole thing and then went back to step number two. And then I figured out what this diagram was. I think I'm a pretty smart person. I was screaming at a piece of paper for an hour and I would just keep coming back to it. And I'm like, what are you trying to say? It like had arrows in different directions. And I was saying this to my mom, my mom's here. Um, but I was saying this to my mom. I go, my friend, Rachel, who's been helping with my apartment, we were putting some cabinets back on and I was holding it and like something slipped and she dropped the, um, the Phillips head. And she was like, oh, rats. I was like, is that what you say? I was in the living room telling a piece of wood to fuck its mother. Like, <laughs> no, like literally she's like putting up wallpaper and I was like, oh, fuck your fucking face. Just fucking go hit like just screaming. Yeah, but she's at work and you're at home. <laughs> you <know? laughs> no, she, this is who she is. Uh, oh my God. But it is so funny. Like, and then even like I went um, bouldering with a couple of girlfriends and like, I'm like, on a wall and like Carmen Lynch is like recording me and I'm, I'm literally cursing at a wall. I'm like fucking piece of fuck, fuck. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I could go on and on, but I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Well, Ikea is the worst because <laughs> All right, I've also been, I had to pick up my mom at the train station. So I've been up since eight. Yeah. Oh, it's one of these again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this is, I'm back on sugar, but I, uh, I woke up woke up early today yeah well like ikea is the worst one because like you're trying to um you're trying to put this shit together and you can't but like it's patronizing because it's just a little man being like you just hammer it and just he's just this little blob of a man and they just make it seem like this these are toys and i'm like the little man's i'm gonna kick his ass <laughs> i will say my what made me feel really good is i put together a bed frame and in the directions it said two people and i was like and it's like decently low to the ground but i got a step stool and i made the step stool i was like i don't need an i don't need a man i don't need a second person and i leaned it on the step stool so the step stool was the person holding it and then i screwed the whole thing in and i was like two people my ass did it by myself <laughs> um 
it is kind of funny where like there are stuff that I take so much pride and I do it myself and I learned it. And there's tons of skills that I've built even in adulthood that I'm glad I learned them, but you really do get to a place where you're like, I don't have the time, the energy, or you're stealing my joy. Like, you know what I mean? Like if I really do have 4,000 weeks, I don't even want to give you three hours. Yeah. Like I just don't, again, it comes from a place of recent financial privilege that I'll be like, I'm just going to throw money at this problem. But I think my dad who is financially stable will do stuff and he'll complain about it. I go, dad, you have a job. Just why are you grumbling and blowing leaves? Hire a kid to blow your leaves and then go read a book or something. Like there's also this, like, and I get it. He, I'm that frugalness he has, I have in myself, but I really, and it, maybe it's dumb, but I've had to teach myself to let go of some money. Cause it's not worth the anger and the, the la- like fucking, I don't want to blow my leaves. Like yeah, but it also gets to a point when you're retired where you're like looking to fill your days with shit like that. He was doing that when he was working like 60 hour weeks. Oh, okay. And he, he would have his kids do it. And I was like, he just oh yeah. And then he be had, alone with himself. Yeah, no, that's true. Actually, I did say that to my dad. I was saying something to my dad a couple of weeks ago and I go, I think that's anxiety. And he's like, I don't have anxiety. I was like, oh, you are adorable. Um, dad, you sit down and then you get up out of nowhere and just start like, blowing the leaves or like mowing the lawn. He goes, well, it has to get done. I go, when your family hasn't been home in months and we're sitting and talking, all of a sudden you need to go blow the leaves. Like, are you insane? I was like, that's anxiety. He's like, no, I'm just efficient. And I was like, good luck to you. Or sir. maybe you just talk so fucking much that he's like, oh, we all talk a lot. We all talk. You've been at the Mealy household. We all are exhausting. <laughs> you get us on the right topic. All right announcements yes patreons uh thank you so much for everybody that uh uh contributes uh um supports us you guys are absolutely amazing and we are very grateful to you uh if you don't know uh by being a patreon you can get early access to episodes you can get weekly bonus episodes you can get monthly bonus episodes you can get stickers you can become a google guest you can control our googles you can get some secret stand-up you can get a signed book of mine there's so many options. Um, uh, we are uh, always happy when we get new Patreons and we try to t- treat you like princesses that you are. So thank you so much. And um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, want to follow us on the socials, we're, we're there. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at two non-doctors, forward doctors number two, and on Instagram at two non-DRS. And if you have time and you're feeling kind, please leave us a rate and review because it helps us out a lot. It helps us be seen. We feel good. We share it on our socials. Um, we've had some really nice ones lately. Thanks guys. For Should we read this one it. that we got this week? It was yeah, so yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to read it. It was like my heart fluttered. It's titled incredible. Already a great <laughs> Apple podcast review. Uh, these two comics are such a joy. I've been listening to them almost since the beginning and they have helped open my eyes to so much. I can't thank them enough for allowing me to travel with them down this journey. They banter and love and the love for each other is wildly evident. Um, and it makes me wish I had more people like them in my life. Every episode seems to help me realize more about my own life and well-being, sometimes forcing me to face a hard truth. It's always in the name of helping people get better, whether that's physically, emotionally, or even as simply as possibly eating better. Do yourself a favor and find a way to, I don't know what the rest to say, these medical novices, a place in your podcast, find a way to put these medical novice, novices in, in your podcast rotation and in your hearts. Butchered that, but it made, made my little heart sing. Yeah, that was really nice. I love it. It was that. really beautiful. Was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys are making us cry. Mm. Um, so please, uh, leave us a review because, um, it makes our day and it helps, it helps get the word out. Um, personal announcements, uh, Maria is coming into New York city and December, we're going to be together December 29th at seven 30 at union hall in Brooklyn. We are doing stand up plus a live, uh, podcast recording. You should be there. Yes. I don't think we've, we've never done a live thing. We're, we rarely get to see each other and you think this you think this bond is nice via zoom you should see <laughs> it in person i think this is after this one we're taking two weeks off i cannot remember but 
Um, we have another recording with your mom and then we're taking two weeks off, right? Okay, maybe that's it. Um, so uh, soon there'll be two, we didn't disappear. We're just taking two weeks off for the holidays. And then I think the episode coming back will be the live one that we record. So little baby hiatus. And then I'm starting to book stuff up for the new year. My Sunnyvale thing got postponed. I don't know when that's coming back, but in January, I'll be in LA, Irvine and Oxnard. February, I think I'm in, I'm in Raleigh on um, Valentine's Day. April, I'll be in Boston. May, I just booked a bunch of stuff in Michigan, Grand Rapids and a couple other cities. I should have that stuff on my website um, by the time this comes out. And I'm booking in a bunch of London dates for next year. I'll put them on my website eventually, probably when I'm bored over the holidays, over our two-week oh. hiatus. Oh yeah, and I'll be in London. I didn't finalize it, but I think it's gonna be like second week of March and Maria's probably gonna be there as well. So another chance to see all this beautifulness. Yeah. Let's see how that shapes up. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, for our Europe fans, um, I'll be out there and hopefully me and Maria are do a bunch of stuff together, but we'll keep you in the loop. Yeah. Um, fan mail. Mm-hmm. All right. Fan mail this week is a message from Mike on Instagram. He's responding to um, our episode. Um, it was about baking and we posted a clip about um, um archaeologist or paleontologist like taste like how do they know that this crumb was 14,000 years old like how do you taste it and he goes it's a fair question there's a couple of things first and foremost archaeologists are just weird but there is also a trick to touching it with your tongue to tell if it's a rock or a bone so we're not always just sticking rocks in our mouth sometimes we're sticking 2,000 year old bones in our in our mouth I did find ancient food once uh, a pocket of preserved seeds uh, below the water table. So they were preserved in muck. I did not taste them, <laughs> but I was like, I'm right though. Ugh. That like, how else are you going to, how a crumb is so stale if it's 14,000 years old. So they're clearly, so I was right. They put it in their mouth. Yeah, um, I don't think That's he, what said, he did. He just say that we put crumbs in his like, or just bones. No, he says, he says, so we're not always just sticking rocks in our mouth. Sometimes we're sticking 2000 year old bones in our mouth. Yeah, but he never said crumbs. No, he said, but there, there's a trick to touching with touching it with your tongue to tell if it's a rock or a bone. Yeah. No, I just thought that anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Y'all are nasty. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we learned something. I think I made a valid assumption and I was correct. And I feel like I feel I feel vindicated. I feel seen. <laughs> yeah. And understood. Mm. But that is, I mean, that is how are you not getting some weird disease by putting like weird bones in your mouth? That's to me, they just seem like um little kids. You know how you're like constantly like, ah, don't look that, don't put that in your mouth. Like I feel like that that part, like they didn't have the parent that says, like, don't put that in your mouth. Or maybe they did, and that's why they do this now. It's just like a big rebellion. Yeah. My mom said I couldn't, so. I don't know. I mean, gross shit, but like in the effort, like in the name of finding out, I guess I'd put stuff in my mouth if that was like my job. I wonder what the difference between a rock and a bone is. Does bone have some give? Is it like, (laughs) yeah, that's bone. The the truth of the matter is we have had, you know, chicken bones and stuff in our mouth. I just don't know. Like ancient chicken bones. Yeah, ancient chicken bones. Hey, I wonder what the spices were. It's it's probably tastes like peaty, you know, it just has like a kind of a tiry smokiness to it. Oh, it's so gross. (laughs) I don't don't like any of that. Um, Thank you, Mike. Thanks for clarifying and putting us in our place. (laughs) Um, Googles? Yes. You go first. Um, I Googled, why does my skin get itchy at night? And oh. I think Wait, what skin like your body I just I'm always like scratching a lot more at night and all over and then my scalp especially oh my god my in scalp bed crazy. or just at night at night oh because I was gonna be like your sheets are gross that was my first guess sheets aren't gross I barely no I'm fine yeah no I know you're a clean person but I was I was like you're I gross. don't eat in my Next bed question. you eat in your bed your sheets are gross. <laughs> I do eat in my bed. You probably have better. thousand year old sourdough crumbs in your bed. That's very valid. This is from Healthline. Why does your skin itch at night? Itchy skin at night called nocturnal pruritus can be severe enough to disrupt sleep, whatever. Natural causes 
Your body's natural circadian rhythms or daily cycles influence skin functions like temp temperature regulation, fluid balance, and barrier protection. These functions change at night. For example, your body temperature and blood flow to your skin both increase in the evening, warming your skin. A rise in skin temperature can make you feel itchy. Your body's release of certain substances also varies by the time of day. At night, you release more cytokines, which increase inflammation. Meanwhile, production of corticosteroids, hormones that reduce inflammation, inflammation slows. On top of these factors, your skin loses more water at night. As you might have noticed during the dry winter months, parched skin itches. When itchiness hits during the day, work and other activities distract you from annoying sensation from the annoying. Oh, like oh, when it happens during the day, work and other activities distract you from the annoying sensation at night. There are fewer distractions, which can make the itch feel even more intense. Um, and then it gives like some, some things. So it's usually like eczema, psoriasis, and then there's like the bugs, like lice and scabies and stuff. And there's a bunch of oh. other, a bunch of other problems. So you can take over the counter medications. Um, like Benadryl and, and, and stuff like that, antihistamines, um, Allegra Zyrtec, steroid creams to stop itch at the source. I know I don't like taking steroid creams. Like it apparently like thins your skin or something. Yeah. Um, yeah and you're not supposed to do it consistently. Like, yeah. It, you uh, can't do it without taking Yeah. But I thought that was interesting that it was a mix of like hormones. It had all these solutions, but also it was just talking about how naturally it just occurs. And you just might be noticing it more because it's, um, you know, you're sitting watching TV as opposed to maybe you're writing or you're running around the city or whatever. Right. Because the other day I was yeah. like, do, do I have lice? I was like, so my scalp was so itchy. Um, also, it, is it getting drier there? Oh yeah. It's really cold now. Yeah. I think, I think it's got to be a mixture of like your temperature, you know, your body reacting to the temperature and then. Yeah. It is a temperature. I'm actually like, like I'm also in hot yoga and I, I barely hydrate. I try to hydrate, but I'm probably not <laughs> hydrating enough. What are you laughing right. at? I'm just in, I'm doing hot yoga. I barely hydrate. You're like, oh, cool. So you're making your whole body situation worse. Yeah. But, but that would um, be the reason it happened all day. I want to know why at night specifically. So I mean, yeah, but I, I was also telling you it probably was happening during the day. You just didn't notice. Yes. That was one of them. Yes. Bitch, get your life together. Drink water, <laughs> drink water. Also, I do, I, they do actually say, cause like you know, your skin is like your biggest organ. Like they do say good, good, good time to drink water. Proud of you. Um, but in general, um, so I was bad yesterday, but I have been consistent for over a, almost a month now drinking at least 55 ounces of water. Um, and it, it has made like a real difference. Like really? I do just, yeah, I, I just feel better. Now I have to stop an hour before I go to bed, I have to stop drinking water. Cause sometimes I'm like, Oh, to hit my 55, I have to drink 10 ounces right now. And then I just pee all night and yeah. I can't sleep. So I literally have to do like a cutoff. Um, and I'm trying to be better about getting my water in early in the day, but it has made a difference. So I learned something from that. That was good. Thanks. What'd you okay. Google? Mine almost makes me want to do a full topic on it, but mine is, is chiropractor chiropractory real is chiropractors real whatever um okay so one of my best friends from high school is pregnant she's like almost nine months pregnant and she's having crazy back problems which you know she's carrying a full thing on her stomach so she did everything she went to acupuncture she went she got cupping done um she went to a chiropractor although she had to say the chiropractor she's like I don't know if he helped or not but she's like this this woman threw me around a room and I was so scared for my baby. She's like, literally oh like just throw. And she's like, I have a baby. Like, like she just felt like this woman was like, just very, cause in general, they kind of toss you around a room and just, it feels like they use you like a rag doll, but you know, she's very pregnant. Like, you know how some people are like, I don't want to say congrats or give up my chair, my seat because they might not be pregnant. You would, a blind person would know she was pregnant. She is very pregnant. She was like, I, she's like, I don't know. She's like, maybe she did a good job. I don't know. I was in such anxiety mode. And I was so scared during that because it just felt like she had such disregard for my body, um, for my baby. And so I, I don't know if you're like, and I went to a chiropractor. This was like almost 10 years ago. I liked him. I don't know if he did anything or not. It didn't really fix the problem. I felt like acupuncture and reading, you know, we talked about the book, um, healing back pain and the psychological effects of back pain. I felt like those two things had the most profound effect on healing my back pain. All that said, 
there's kind of two camps. Like there's people that are like chiropractor, they're the best. And then also it's a scam. And I don't know. I don't know if I think it was a scam. I just wanted to see what the internet said. So first and foremost, all, everything comes up like are chiropractors, real doctors. They have a doctorate in, um, uh, what do you call it in chiropractory, but they're not an internal medicine doctor. So technically, I mean, they go to school for a long time. So you have to do undergraduate in science and then four years of the chiropractic program. And then there's people that even specialize in chiropractory. So it's another couple of years. So we're talking about at least eight years of school, if not more. So they, it's not like they took a certification. They're not like people that like wax you or whatever, like it's real. Um, so they are licensed practitioners, um, and then they can have a specialization, but this is what I found interesting. They treat the muscles, tendons, ligaments, bones, cartilage, and nervous system. And of course, everybody knows they can help with your neck pain, your back pain, your pelvic arm, shoulder, leg, and hip pain, but they can treat conditions ranging from like constipation to your infant being colicky to acid reflux. And I just found that so interesting and funny where you're like, who goes, I'm constipated. Let me talk to a chiropractor. Like, that's <laughs> not, like how bad is your constipation have to be that you now end up at the chiropractor? Yeah. But I just, I guess in my mind, I just think of like neck and back pain, but the fact that like, I didn't even think of like aligning your hips and all this other stuff. And then I, I kind of, if we did do a topic on it, I would want to go further into the difference between like, um, uh, physical therapist and a chiropractor and like what the difference is because most of the things I was reading I was like I would go to a physical therapist for this I wouldn't go to a chiropractor yeah well what is the difference between a physical therapist and a chiropractor I didn't get there oh right okay <laughs> but but that's what I'm saying is like the only time I saw a chiropractor was for my back and most insurances cover it which is helpful um but I guess I was just kind of like I guess maybe the cracking stuff kind of was like, is this real? Um, but I guess if you go to school for eight years, I'm going to believe what you do is real. It's weird because chiropractic, you're right. But what is that word? Um, it's the one thing that like in 90s sitcoms, people would be like, he's a doctor, but he's a chiropractor. And it's like, oh, like, yeah, you know, it's always been shat on us. Just um, that and dentists, everybody like, okay. Dentists, like you could see what they do, you know? But uh, yeah, and it, but I, I guess there's a part of me that some people think dentistry is just cosmetic, which it's not, especially if you have like real problems. And second of all, it feels like a mechanic where you're just like, how is this $4,000? Like, what, what do we do? Like, it's almost like the smallest part of my body. How are we spending more than a car on my <laughs> mouth? And you just never know what the price is going to be. Like, it's just insane. So it's just like, I think there's a part of you that like, if you think something is cosmetic, you think it's less, you know, clearly plastic surgeons are doing surgery, but we're like, oh, you're saving the world with your nose jobs. Like nobody gives a fuck. But yeah. I think with chiropractory, there's a thing where you're just like, there's no tools. It's just somebody bending you. And you're like, yeah, like my kid can do that. But I, I hate other people cracking my back. Did you ever get a massage? You don't get massages, do you? But sometimes mm -hmm. they'll like, they'll like put your arms up and like want you to twist with them. So they crack your back. And I was like, I can't, they're like, just let go. I'm like, I won't, I won't let go. I don't want you to. <laughs> I don't want to let go. I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you. I don't know what you're about to do. My back is fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm half naked on a table with steam around me. I don't want to. <laughs> a valid point. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd actually genuinely like to learn more about it because there is, there does seem like a very like line in the sand of people think, think, thinks that it's a crock of shit. And then even just doing from reading, I'm like eight years. That's crazy. Yeah. You guys should have more <laughs> respect. Not be taken seriously. Like, what's the point? Like why, why become a chiropractor, you know? Yeah. And also like the fact, I guess I'm sure there are tools, but like when I think of it, it's just like, you know, like a bench and like some books on their shelves. Like you're like, I could open up an office. Like you don't need anything. Yeah. You just need that spine. Yeah. <laughs> that model of the spine. <laughs> Do they give that to you when you graduate? It's like a diploma. And then they give you like a spine, uh, um, uh, a statue. <laughs> That's really funny.
That's almost how I feel. Like, how do you become a gynecologist? You get a poster of like the inside of a uterus and you, yeah. put it, you frame it on your <laughs> like, wall. That like dot with the line is like clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> There's gotta be like a doctor's shop. Doctor, the doctors and nurses that listen to us. Is there like a shop where you buy all these posters? Like, I want to go. I want a spine just in the background. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like the next time we do an episode, we're like, we're doctors. We're not two non-doctors. We're doctors. I have a spine. <laughs> you have, you, you have like, I, I have don't know. like skeleton with an eye patch just because <laughs> I want it to be a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need to get a spine for our live episode. Just something on stage with us. Yeah, we should have stethoscopes. <laughs> Scopes, and then we should just go to like a Halloween store and just get like a skeleton, and we'll be like, "This is what they have in the office, right?" Like- yeah, we should go with sexy nurse costumes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out. Now you guys have to come to the live show because we uh we have a whole. There won't be pictures. Whole- you got to see. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Let's get personal. Uh huh. Okay. What food is delicious but a pain to eat? Oh man. Uh, I gotta go like, there's, there's a whole bunch here, lobster yeah. and crab, like yeah. especially crab. I fucking love crab. What a pain in the ass to eat. Again, I don't, I hate why, having... tools. What are we doing here? Like yeah. why, why are we adding more new utensils? If I need a bib and tools, like, I don't want to do surgery on the food I'm about to eat, but it's, I mean, on one hand, like if you're not hungry enough, like it's great. Cause it's kind of fun to like, your reward is this big chunk of crab. It also slows you down. Yeah. Like, so with dogs, like there's dogs that eat so fast, they throw up. So they have these mats where you put the wet food. It's like prickly <laughs> Sorry, little mats. I've you never put the wet food. felt more connected to an animal. <laughs> <laughs> but it is kind of cool. So like, it'll be like this mat and it has little like kind of dots or whatever. And you, you kind of like slap, like slap the wet food on it and they have to kind of lick around it and it slows them down. Oh. And that's how I feel like with crab where it's just like, otherwise you just be like, all right, and your burger's gone in a second. And now you're like, eek, eek, ooh, yeah. eek, eek. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> yeah. so it gives you like 10 minutes in between each piece of food. Yeah. Um, wings, chicken wings. Yeah, I love wings, but I, I, there's a part, first of all, it's always on my nose. Like my nose is too big for wings. Like I'm always like, <laughs> Even when I think I got it, somebody's like, hey, you have a little bit in your nose. And you're just like, that's just where I keep the sauce. Like, I, <laughs> I get it in my I hair. Get... Oh, I, when my hair was longer. Yeah. So much food. Yeah. So wings are pain in the ass. Um, big sandwiches. Love a big sandwich full of stuff. We've had the discussion about sandwiches. People love their sandwiches. They don't fuck around with sandwiches. But like, yeah, like if it's too full, at first you can't get your mouth around it. And if you do, like half of it's jettisoning out the other side. It's just not worth it. I, I wonder if you're going to agree with this one. Sushi. Um, I don't have any issue with sushi. When the roll is too big, you can't, first of all, you can't just take a bite off half a sushi. Stop getting those big ass American rolls with like it's half not, a hamburger on them. <laughs> these are just some regular rolls. They just have like, you get like a dragon roll and it has like avocado up top and it's got some fun stuff in the middle, but like you can't take half a bite of it because then it just falls apart and that's just sadness. So then you have to put the whole thing in your mouth. Like in my mind, like I want to eat sushi with friends or on a date, but then it's like, I have to like, it's a lot of like, and then there's like a little chewing and then you're just like, like, you know what I mean? Like I love it, but I want to eat it alone. I got sushi the other day with my friend, Mark and the, the, my plate of like sashimi came and I, he was like, how is it? I was like, it's good. I guess compliments to God. <laughs> Cause they didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> you just arranged food, uh, uh, fish on a table. You know, you could, you could get the smaller rolls, which doesn't have all the, the gunk on it. You know, like you don't have to get an avocado on top of a sushi roll. I know, but dragon rolls are great. And then also even the small rolls, I got a, I got a little baby mouth. Yeah. Who told me I had a small mouth? I think my dentist. And I was yeah. like, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, so sushi is like my top one. And then my other two is pistachios. Now, if it's a pistachio <laughs> that is fully bloomed and you just crack it open, great. But you, when you have to do fucking, again, surgery on a pistachio, I'm like <laughs> breaking nails. I'm getting a knife out. Like, <laughs> I, I just want, it's a, and then you just get a little nut. Like, it's so much work. Um, I don't find, I think pistachios is the easiest one of the, like, sometimes like, like um, I grew up, my parents used to like, 
cracks um like tiny baby sunflower seeds between their teeth and they would just eat that as they watched tv and they would just get piles of shells um That's my favorite from ace ventura <laughs> it's, he's on the he's on the plane it's just like a pile of all this uh sunflower seeds yeah i would say like raw nuts like walnuts like having to use a nutcracker to get them out that's a pain in the ass and then you always accidentally get some of the shell and you're like god damn it yeah <laughs> i said soup it can be what kind of soup what do you mean it's okay so this is my thing is that if you make soup half the time it's too hot and then depending on how you're eating if you just have like i don't know I guess I eat a lot in bed and on my couch. Yeah. So there's a part of me that it's like, if I can't just hold it and eat it, it's inefficient to me. So like soup, you have to be at a table. Like you can't, I guess maybe if it's in a thermos, but what am I on a construction site? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to drink my soup. Yeah. So there's just a part of me that's always a little bit like, oh, I can only eat soup this way, or it's going to be a catastrophe. I hate, I hate the limitations of soup is really what this is about. I know, but soup is like one of my favorite foods. I love, I love a bunch of things together in one. You know, I'm a big soup fan. Yeah. Soup's great. I'm just saying I feel constrained by the looseness of soup and the Bernie factor of soup. Roast chicken. You have to take it off the bone. And I feel, um, not only do I feel kind of like animalistic, taking it off the bone but I I'm not good at thoroughly like I had a flatmate that she a roommate she was she was she prided herself on how much meat she could get off all the bones and I just like I'm always like leaving shit and it grosses me out like fat grosses me out and stuff and so it's just like I'll leave stuff that's even close to stuff that grosses me out yeah that's a faff yeah um my mom it's like one of those traits that like will clearly make it into a script it doesn't matter what she's eating. She like sucks the bone dry Ugh. and then she cracks it and she eats the marrow. And oh, I was wow. Like, is this- yeah, I was like, is this everything? I was like, is this why my mom lifts like 320 pounds? Like, is this why my mom's a superhero? Like she's just getting all that. Like she's like a lion just getting all the nutrients. She's like eating eyeballs and stuff. Like she's it's a insane. Veterinarian. That's so weird. <laughs> it is weird. It's also weird. Cause my dad used to hunt when he was younger. So I have like, my parents are both like my dad was like vegetarian for a long time, but for the most part, my parents are like meat eaters that clearly uh, my mom's cleaning bones with her mouth and then yeah. also saving cat. I mean, I have tons of jokes about how they're serial killers and they kill animals for a living. Eggplant's um, too much of a faff. Eggplant, like, cause what's this word faff? Is that English? Oh, sorry, it's UK. Sorry. Is it? What's the definition of faff? It's too much of a pain in the ass. Like a, like, um, it's too much of a, yeah, pain in the ass. Yeah. If something's oh, a fact, it's like, oh, I don't want to bother doing it. Can you use it in another sentence? Um, having to explain this to you is a bit of a faff. Fuck you. I'll <laughs> fucking kill you. <laughs> I'm trying to learn over here. I'm trying to be cultured. Faff. <laughs> it is funny though, because I was wa- I've been watching a lot of English shows. Oh, you're gonna be mad at me. I needed a show, so I started watching Ted Lasso. Oh, I'm not gonna be mad at you. Uh, we can oh. pick up wherever you um how do you do you like it so far? It's so good. I know so it's good. won like Emmys. It's won so many Emmys, but I think what's kind of crazy. Cause, um, I went from watching sex education and I was, I was trying to finish up ghosts, but I I'm just not into ghosts, the English one. Wow. Um, but the teacher in sex education is one of the ghosts in ghosts. And yeah. then the, one of the characters, one of the moms in sex education is the, the boss lady in Ted Lasso. Okay. Cause you know, cause it's like half an English cast. So I'm just watching all this English shit preparing for yeah and, and, and connection with you. Um, but I, I just needed something and I'm, I just finished season one in like two days. That's great. It's so good. I don't it's blame you. It's so well written. I mean, gut laugh and you know, my laugh is really loud um somebody was coming through the front door and I gut laughed and I was almost embarrassed because I'm like I hope they think someone else is here because I just like <laughs> gut laughed by myself and then I rewinded it to watch it because it was such a good line <laughs> so well, well written yeah okay well we'll talk about it another time yeah when I can when you're not high on life um I, shut up <laughs> what this is I can't say <laughs> <fucking thing. laughs> My mom's here. My mom's in the other room. Um, I'm just, like, I literally picked her up. I was like, entertain yourself. I got to work. <laughs> Aww.
it was kind of funny though. Cause my, my brother was just like really frustrated. My brother, you know, has ADD and he's having some issues and he's like, he's like, I can only get three work, three hours of work done a day. I was like, bitch, I work for 10 minutes. Like you're fine. Like he was just getting frustrated with himself. And I was like, Sam, I barely work every day and I'm surviving. Like you really, yeah, you're three surviving. hours. I don't know how great. it is. Like, I don't know when you say you, you watched like all of community, like three times. I'm like, when? Cause I feel like you're the busiest person. I know you get so much done when the fuck. Well, I do everything because I really do consider this a work day. So I get everything done and then base, unless I have work to do later or I don't get my stuff done. Once I start doing shows, I do my shows and then my work day is over. So like if I have a show at seven and I get home at eight, I let myself have from eight until I go to bed to dick around. If yeah. I don't get my work done, then I have to continue to do work. But I do try to go from like 930 in the morning to like five and get all my work done. And then after shows, sometimes I'm home at midnight. Sometimes I'm home at 2 a.m. But if I only have one show, then I come home and I dick around. Yeah. Ginger, eggplants, and tofu. Ginger, because you have to like get that off the skin off. Oh, it's so annoying. 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 Because it's all- all those crevices. Yeah, exactly. The crevices. (laughs) Eggplant, because it's so watery. Like you have to like, you really have to do something with eggplant. Like it's not just straightforward. Honestly, other than it being a dick emoji euphemism, it is one of the most useless things in my life. <laughs> I just, no, thank you. And um, what was my last thing? Oh, tofu. tofu. Sometimes, because sometimes you have to press the tofu to get the water out to get it to the consistency. Yeah, you have to like put something on it for like hours or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just like talk to it. Yeah. Um, I like that. I'm surprised how good that question was. It really yeah, it was fun. A lot of anger. Um, <laughs> inspired a lot of anger. <laughs> that's, that's when we're at our best. Uh, topic? <laughs> Yeah. This is going to be weird to say. I'm kind of excited for a topic. Um, Our topic is prosthetics. And the reason I picked it is um, my great grandfather had a hook for a hand. So it's funny. I made my dad retell the story because I've always, you know how you just know a family story, but you're like, when did they tell it to me? How do I know it? Did I fill in the gaps? Yeah. So I made him retell the story a couple of months ago. And I just wish, I think I want him to write it down. And then also maybe I'll use the picture for the, the, the thing. Cause it's one of my favorite pictures is that my aunt Stella's my, my great grandfather was 411, <laughs> 411. And he had a hook for a hand and there's a picture of him looking all fucking like thirties and shit. Like with his little, like, you know, um, his little shirt and a little hat and, and he's holding a fish almost the size of his body with the hook of his hand. It's the dopest picture. And it was in my aunt Stella's apartment for years. And I told my dad, I was like, can you get a copy? And he just took a picture of the picture. And I was like, you're useless. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, take it, copy it, send it to me. I want it on my wall. I think it's awesome. So anyway, the story of my great grandfather is that he was working in like a, like a bread factory or whatever. And uh, the thing that like this machine that stirs the dough got stuck and he went to put his hand in to unstick it and somebody either turned something on or something happened and um it started up and it took his hand off jesus which is insane i think he was like 20 years old like he was super young and um you know gets himself a hook for a hand but he couldn't get work and he joined the mob so my great-grandfather during prohibition was the person that would take like the big vats of like moonshine and he would put it in smaller things and he worked for the the mob for years yeah okay so your great-grandfather was in the states at this point yeah so the the who what what generation came from italy do you have any idea the one before okay so my great-grandfather was i thought the point of your story was going to be that he ended up with a hook for a hand not that he was a mobster (laughs) that's just part of the story it's the point is that he has a hook for a hand and we're going to talk about prosthetics but (laughs) the point is that he's in a mob (laughs) you're the great-grandchild of a mobster well this is what's crazy and i i really want to like talk to other family members and get this because you know how like this is gonna i'm not trying to diminish my dad's remembering but so my great-grandfather in the mob. He actually is one of the few people that got out. Like the, they basically say, once you're in the mob, you're in the mob forever. But he was such a good guy that when he asked to be out of it, like 30 years later, they let him out. But my, um, so great-grandfather had my grandfather. Just real um, quick. 
Are we going to go to Little Italy and they're going to be like, Ms. Mealy, right this way? <laughs> I hope so. We're going to have some respect. Beautiful table no with Monty already on it. And there's going to be like just a spine for no reason. But like, they're going to treat us with so much respect. And I thought it was because of your comedy, but no. No, 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 no. I mob ties. Mob but this is. <laughs> Let me tell my mob story. I don't want to. I'm having a good time with it. <laughs> this is what's crazy. Okay, so great-grandfather in the mob has has my grandfather oldest of five and he marries what would have been my grandmother my grandmother died when my dad was I guess I think 19 or 20 when she died my dad said he was at the funeral and there were like all these black cars nobody got out of them but there was probably like 10 black cars that lined the the funeral and they just sat there to pay their respects for um my dad's mother dying and I was like that's I was like this fucking I like want to find out if that's like I don't want to say that it's not true but like I want to know how many cars I want to know if anybody got out I want to know if they've had any other connection like with the mob or whatever what year was, did your dad's mom die again probably like 70s early 70s oh that's like when mob was at its height <laughs> that's like yeah. godfather mob yeah so if my grandfather was probably born in 35 35 36 maybe even earlier we're, we're talking about like the forties, like it was during prohibition that he had like a hook for a hand and, and was like doing all this stuff. So it's kind of prohibition crazy. was the thirties, wasn't it? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. It was earlier. Cause the twenties, everybody, it was like the roaring twenties and the thirties was the great depression and prohibition. Who knows? Yeah. That, so oh, anyway, yeah. he has a hook for a hand. Got you. Anyway, so that's what, I mean, that's what just kind of inspired it is that my, my great, great grandfather had a hook for a hand. And my thought was always, A, just prosthetics in general have had so many changes and, and what have you, but like how we treat people missing limbs, both in their accessibility to stuff and prosthetics. I cannot even imagine how he was ostracized, treated, looked at in the, 30, 20s 30s 40s you know what I mean like that's crazy to me and he had five kids like and there's also something about I guess my interest in prosthetics as well is of course everything is supposed to not only look more lifelike but also be functional like like using sensors and being able to like use your fingers or you know athletes being able to run so this was during a time where it's like literally it's just a hook there's no other purpose other than it kind of can help you do stuff and now we have it as lifelike as possible. Um, and then of course, you know, we're getting more into robotics and stuff, but I, when I was writing down like my memories of stuff, like there are so many, like I had a friend, um, I think he still does comedy, but he was one of the comics I early started with. He had a glass eye and he talked about stray fire in New York city when he was younger. And that's how he lost his eye. So he had a glass eye. You, you kind of, it kind of just looked like he had a lazy eye. And it wasn't until he told this story on stage that I realized it was a glass eye then um, I read a story years ago about a woman that lost her foot and the prosthetic was so painful. Like every day, like it just, where, where the cut was, it was just, the prosthetic was so uncomfortable that she ended up making the decision to cut off half her leg so that she could be more comfortable, which was just like a crazy idea that you would actually cut off more of your body so that your prosthetic would be more comfortable. And she said it was life-changing. Like she was so much more comfortable it was more functional because feet prosthetics are not to the same caliber as leg prosthetics mm -hmm. also, but it's where the, the socket and the hook is that also, um, uh, it, it, cause that's a lot of like infections as well as com being comfortable with the prosthetic is like a huge thing. Then I gave to a GoFundMe maybe four years ago for a woman that wanted to upgrade her prosthetic. And it was like a hundred thousand dollars. So she was a comic, I think in Canada and everybody was like giving to this so she could get this like, you know, the Rolls Royce of legs. And it was just cool to follow. I didn't even know her. She was like a friend of a friend, but it was kind of cool to follow her journey of getting this new leg. Um, and then I don't know if you sent me this Ted talk or I just saw it, but there was a woman that was missing both her legs and she was so funny. And she talked about how she could decide what height she wanted to be depending on the date she was going on. Oh, you're four, you're five eleven. Well, I'm, I'm going to be 5'10 today and she would have shorter prosthetics oh, that's awesome. or if, if, if he was short, she would go shorter. And I just thought that was, and then she was, did all this modeling where she had like glass legs and she, but she was such a cool story because, um, 
she embraced the fact that because she had two, two prosthetic legs, she could be a different height and be a different person and they could be stylized. And she got into like prosthetic fashion. And I don't know, I, I guess I've always just been very curious, but also the, um, the history of them and how, again, I remember it was a story of a little kid and he kept breaking his prosthetic because he was doing soccer and he, it's a kid, he's running around and being crazy, but they cost a lot of money and most insurances will only give you so many replacements. So it was both this like beautiful thing where this kid is just so active, even though he's missing a leg, but the parents are like, you need to slow down. We just got this prosthetic. <laughs> we, cannot, we don't get it. Like, even like insurance with eyeglasses, like you can only get your eyes checked every two years. So it's just like, can't lose these glasses for at least two years. But like, I can't even imagine having like a five-year-old kid that you're just like, hey, be easy on your prosthetic. Like, yeah, we, can, we can't afford, but like, I don't know. I think I, it's weird to realize that I have such a curiosity that might stem from my great-grandfather having a hook for a hand or just the fact that I love the technology that's grown out of it. Well, it has come a long way since um, the ancient Egyptians first used a prosthetic towel. <laughs> it's always the Egyptians. It is. I was reading that. And I was like, every time I'm just like, give the best culture. Your culture started everything. <laughs> every time we do research, it's like beer, toes, <laughs> like, like, like everything. It comes like ancient Egyptians, sometimes the Romans, sometimes the Greeks, but it's really you guys that are first. Yeah. So it started with the ancient Egyptians. What happened? So, um, they made a toe of like, it was like a toe and it, it was bendy and they found it on a mummy. But, um, but isn't it, did you see why they did the toe? Cause it was purely mm. cosmetic. Oh, so it was because they, they were their sandals. Rings? Huh? Well, no. It was, so it was her big toe, which is going to be shown through the sandals. And it was, she was, it was a woman. So they basically believed that she wanted it so that she kind of wasn't ostracized or fit in because having sandals during that time was, you know, important. If they had, if they could do it and she must've been rich too. Um, oh yeah. Make me a toe. <laughs> Even now that's expensive. I know. What was it called? The Greville Chester toe. I wonder why it was called that. Probably the person who discovered it. Cause I don't know any Egyptians called Greville Chester. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a name of a cat. <laughs> Greville the cat discovered this toe. <laughs> Then there was the Kapua leg one. Um, and then that was, that was handcrafted by the ancient Romans much later using uh, wood, bronze, and iron. The middle ages is where we get our like captain hooks and peg legs and stuff like all, like all idea of the pirate. Yeah. So 476 to a thousand. And then after that, the Renaissance and they use copper, iron, steel, and wood again. It didn't really start to advance until like the 1970s, I think. Well, actually, did you see this guy? So so um, during the American Civil War, this guy named James Hanger, he was a Confederate soldier that was like the first amputee of the war. He went on to invent the, um, the hanger limb, which was made of, they said barrel staves. I don't know what the hell that is and metal, but it was the first hinge joints at the knee um, and ankle. And it, the hanger limb is like the, it was like the most advanced limb. And that company, the hanger limb is still continues to be the leader in the industry for prosthetics. Oh, cool. So I thought that was pretty cool that they were like, they kind of beginning of advancing with the kind of the hinging and they still are a huge company that helps with prosthetics, which I thought, and that was all during the civil war. I wanted to kind of talk about the four types of, um, prosthetic limbs that there are. So there's trans radial, radic, radial, trans radial, sorry. Um, it's an artificial arm that attaches below the elbow. So keep in mind when you have the joint still, if you have an elbow or a knee, that's kind of the easier um, attachments. Like having, it starts to get not only more complicated, but more difficult whenever it's above the elbow or um, above the knee. But basically, it's an artificial arm that attaches below the elbow. And then there's two types of prosthetics. There's the passive device. It's often cosmetic, meaning that it's just literally like an arm. So things don't move. Things you, you have no control over. Think of it almost the same way a hook for a hand. It's just there. But it's like you don't have like any kind of real control over it unless you're moving it. So that's the, so it would be passive. And then there's the two types of active devices. There's this cable operated device. It's usually harnessed like with the shoulder and like the other arm and it's like just kind of some kind of apparatus 
but then they have the myoelectronic implant that detects muscle movement of the upper arm and it uses like sensors and stuff for the prosthetic. So you have these two types of active ones that are both kind of like cables and whatever, or clearly more and more what's happening is that sensors attached to it. So that if you do have a prosthetic arm in hand, you are able to actually use your fingers and stuff because of sensors. So more and more that's being used today. Number two is transhumeral, transhumeral. That's an artificial arm that connects um, above the elbow but below the shoulder. Um, they say that's more complicated. Really, anytime you're missing an elbow, it's more complicated. And they can also be active or passive. What's the Trans- difference? Is it, is it whether or not you have the money for an active one? Um, I'm sure. I'm, 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 I'm sure they're more expensive. Um, but also, I might have to do with if sensors can even be attached. Like, okay, yeah. think of it. Think of it. Oh, what was, don't we have a, a Patreon that's missing a, a finger? Yes. So they say those are really difficult when you like just a finger and think about like just this, like not only is that hinging, but like things could, they have to, things have to be attached. This is where I'm a real moron, but things have to be attached. And if things aren't attached the right way, you might, this might not ever be able to do this again. Right. So I think it just might have to be with how you lost your limb and stuff around it. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Because, um, you know, it being lost in war compared to like, cause think about like a clean cut, like if it was a surgery cut and how that's done, there's clearly more, um, uh, uh, resources than something that's like an accident. I'm assuming, yeah. um, number three is trans tribal, tribal, um, that's an artificial leg. Again, that's below the knee and, um, primary function is to distribute the weight accordingly and make and provide comfort. So basically just making sure they're able to walk, but like walk comfortably, there's going to be a lot of PT and relearning how to walk when you get those. Um, and usually the artificial foot usually doesn't move. It's pretty, it's just kind of, you're not like toes and stuff. And then last is transferable, thermal, transferable. Um, and it's the most challenging. It's the missing leg, um, above the knee. So it's being able to properly fit the, um, fit it in the socket of the leg and, and again, ensure comfort and stability, but there's clearly other artificial things. So eyes are usually cosmetic. Nose is cosmetic. Fingers are usually cosmetic. There, there are certain ones that they're still not advanced enough that, that, um, it's, it's, you're just doing it. So you have something that's not missing as opposed to like, what I've always thought was really cool is, um, the walking leg, as opposed to you look at athletes missing a leg and it's, you know, it doesn't look like a leg. It's like that kind of like, um, J shape or whatever. And Mm. just like, it's, I I think it may, might be made out of carbon fiber, but like the different materials it's made out of. So athletes, I just like the idea that you have like an athletic leg and then you have a, like, I'm going for a stroll leg. Yeah. But there's also, um, uh, uh, cause like, like I said, that little boy that would like play soccer and mess up his leg, but most of these are, they're either made out of acrylic resin or some combination of acrylic resin, carbon fiber, thermoplastics, uh, thermoplastics, sorry, silicone, aluminum, and titanium. And because they've gotten lighter and lighter, like a lot of the stuff they make light bikes out of, which is pretty cool. But again, between the sensors and the materials getting lighter, the advancement in the last, even just 10 years is like insane. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just found this, I found this such a cool, I think I've accidentally learned so much over the years, but just even learning the different types. And I love that. Like, I think I accidentally learned so much about the different types of prosthetics and like how people did use hooks for hands, which I don't, I don't understand why that was the shape everyone went for. Like, why was that the most efficient one? Do you know? Like what, what about the hook made it, um, give you back some of your accessibility. Yeah. You know what I mean, why not like chopsticks or no, I'm, <laughs> I don't No, I get it. Like, why not, why not be like a bigger fork or something or like two prongs? Like, but I guess right. if you think about it, you're able to open doors with it. You're able to, if it's, it's sturdy enough that you can push stuff and pull stuff with it. Um, yeah. I, I do wonder what a hook as opposed to I guess you don't want it to be pointy. You don't want to accidentally be stabbing people. You would stab people with a hook though. It's still curved in a little bit. Yeah. It just feels really dangerous, but yeah. I mean, it's just, I just, I just wonder like why they ended up on hook and not any other sort of shape or tool. Yeah. I, so, oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is cost. So average cost, um, 
I don't know if this is with or without insurance, but they say average cost of a leg is anywhere from 5K to 50K. Arm is 3K, and this is um, American dollars, uh, $3,000 to $30,000. And I can be anywhere from $2,000 to $8,000. Um, and then what I think is really important is to talk about what gets covered with uh, insurance. So a lot of clearly, clearly a doctor has to say you need it. That's just our insurance in general. But what I found interesting is that like um, uh, what I said earlier, they might only allow you to have so many replacements. So if some, something happens and your prosthetic breaks, they might not pay for another one, which is your livelihood, your ability to walk, your ability to, to function. And yeah. there's insurance companies that are just like, not my problem. So having a good insurance company that will allow replacements. And I, when I think about having limited replacements, I actually think of kids because they're active and they're, they're, they're doing stuff. And so it's about how expensive they are, how an insurance might say it's not necessary or it's cosmetic. You know what I mean? You yeah. might think, you know, uh, like we all know that it's functional, but just society, it, you, you want to be able to either fit in or wear shoes or what have you. And for an insurance company to tell you, we're not doing that because it's cosmetic. It's like, go fuck yourself. So I can't even imagine the uh, issues and heartbreak they've had to go through with having it be covered, how expensive it is, what happens if it breaks, if, if, you know, a kid breaks it playing a soccer game, how they somehow might, you know, almost like a car where they are like, that seems like it's your liability. It's like duty seven. Like, yeah. Are you kidding me right now? So I can't even imagine with both the cost of it, plus the fights they probably have with insurance companies. But, um, I don't know. I, this was like one of those ones where like, I don't know, I, the advancements of it. And then even thinking about the future of like, you know, we all see like Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's got like robot arms and we're just like, oh, that's great. But like, I do think that's the future where like sensors being able and like clearly fingers and toes and stuff are really hard. And I think that's where the advance advancement's gonna come. Or think about having an eye replaced and it's not just cosmetic that you mm -hmm. are able to like connect the sensors and, and have an eye again, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's cool. Get on it, scientists. Um, okay. So I guess clearly anybody that knows anything about prosthetics um, has stories about prosthetics, has a family member themselves. Um, I would love to like learn more about it. Cool advancements, fighting with insurance companies, weird ways you've broken it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just want to hear all the stories. So you can write to us. Where can they write to us, Maria? You can write to us at two non doctors at gmail.com. That's two non forward doctors at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. I don't want to let go. I don't know you. <laughs>